as an introduction to the Yemei Tshuva, so this morning's Parsha Kisavoy speaks about two main inyanim, which I think are very nogea, is to try to get some focus. Starts with Bikurim, and Chazal say it's a Medjish Rabbah, Bereshis, Bishvil, Bikurim, Shanik, Bereshis. Says that about very few mitzvahs out of Tayyag mitzvahs, why would Bikurim be called Reshis? What's uh, central about Bikurim? So, Sisa Chaim in a very fascinating shtickle on. The Kerm in general, he focuses on Hakaras Atayv, which is the theme of the Kerm. And it sort of shifts the question. So, the Kerm is central because of Hakaras Atayv. Why is Hakaras Atayv central? We just move over the question. So, he suggests, among other things, that if you always have to put Hakaras Atayv to Baruch front and center, you have to always remember that Kosh Baruch Hu is doing it and it's not you. It's not Kechavet Simyadi. Uh, we like to say, even if we're saying B'tziyat Deshmaya or Bezus Hashem, it means we're doing it. We like to have Hashem's help, which is better than total Kfira. But in a way, if we don't understand what this means, then it could be some form of Kfira. What it's supposed to mean is there's a gazeras, say it's a pecha, you have to do a shtadlis for works. So you say, Bezus Hashem, it's only going to work if we have siyat shemaya. It's not just panos, that's everything. Nothing works without a minimal amount of a shtadlis, but everything that's happening from beginning to end is all akarish baruchu. And akarish atayv is supposed to teach us not only to thank Hashem, but to recognize that akarish baruchu is giving us the kayak to do everything. And he says that's why it's a central theme in Yiddishkeit. It's not just you also have to say thank you. It's the fact that you have to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there at every step. And there's an interesting Zaya that says that Mizmer Shil, Shabbos, was composed by Adam Rishon and said over at the time of the first Shabbos. Now, Zara Kaddish points out, if you think about it, what happened right before Shabbos? He was thrown out of Gan Eden. And the world for a few moments was very dark, and he was in tremendous pachad. And then Shabbos came in right away, with tremendous light, and he saw there was a reprieve, or at least there was hope. And he wrote Mizmer Shir, the Yama Shabbos, at a time where it was right after the Avera. He had not, maybe he started doing tshuva, but he certainly had many years of tshuva ahead. But he saw the Yad Hashem in his nefilah. And the Mizmer Shir was written that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent to Simon that even in your lowest point, right after Chait Eitzadas, I'm still with you, I'm going to give you a Simon that you can pick yourself back up. There's a shayla which is asked by many before Hashem. It happens to be a tshuva saradvaz. Radvaz has thousands of tshuvas. 
And we see the Shaila in one of his answers. Shalta mimeni lama loy yoteves nechama b'klal l'shel v'hayak yisavim. This week's parsha we have the second of the tochachas, and if you notice this morning, the tochacha goes on and on all the klalus, and it doesn't end up with any nechama. The first one does. So somebody asked the Radvaz, he was very bothered. He's reading and reading, it's one call after another, and there's no, there's no Nechama. It just ends with the Klolos. Why is that? Should have bothered us this morning. People, uh, some people get nervous. Our Gabbai doesn't, but some people get nervous because in the Aliyah, somebody has to take it, and see, the Balkari takes it, Gabbai takes it, it's not meant for the Yachid who happens to have the Aliyah. It's meant for all of us. The reason this Kasha probably didn't bother us is because we're so interested in getting through it, not really paying attention, but it's a, it's a strong Kasha and it's a little disconcerting because the second Tachacha, which represents the longer goal, is the one we're in. So where's, where's the Nechama? So the Radvaz has two Terutzim. Terutz number one, he says, you look in Kemat every Pasik and he uses Shem Hashem, and the Shem Hashem is Shem Rachamin. Which, until you see the Shuvah Zavraz, you didn't notice. But he uses Shem Rachamin, and the worst of the Klolos, Kosh Baruch Hu is going to constantly send us Simon, and he's still with us, as he did with Atam Rishon, with Shabbos coming right away, despite the fact that was the beginning of his, his downfall. And the Shem Avayah is Meira on Midas HaRachamin. And then he goes on to say that it's connected with Parshas Nitzavim, and Nitzavim has an Acham at the end. I saw a fascinating idea, say for Tarly Benu. He wants to taina, it's not a steer to the Advaz's answer, but it's a kasha that has to be addressed, and the fact that he wrote a chuva on it shows it's a, re- it's a real kasha. He wants to say that part of the Klolas is going to get so bad the slave market is going to be so low that you're not going to have any buyers. Which not going to happen. The Romans, uh, when they sold off so many tens of thousands of people, it actually took place. And he says, there gets to a point where you feel so worthless that even as a slave, nobody wants to buy you. He says, the Nechama starts when you realize there's absolutely nobody to rely on. And the result of the Averis can be so catastrophic. And you're in a matzav where no one's paying attention to you, no one wants you, even for the lowest price, and you feel totally lost. What happens when you hit rock bottom? He says, the Nechama is the fact that anybody who is Rachmaslan in this matzav knows the only one that person can rely on is a Kosh Baruch Hu. And that's when the Nechama starts and you realize that it's not only not it has nothing to do with you, it has nothing to do with your shtadl, it has nothing to do with your brains, and it has nothing to do with all the people you're relying on and all the help you hope to get. At the end of the day, our business and our, our chiv is to help others, but when we depend on people to help us, it doesn't work. Ultimately, you get disappointed. The beginning of tshuva is 
the understanding that on the one hand, the Kaj Baruch Hu leaves it to us. We have the ability, the capability, and the Cheshek L'Chaira to do tshuva. The first thing we have to leave at the door is our ego. What gets us into trouble most of the time is the fact that we're disappointed, we're depending on somebody, and we're depending on people that we thought were going to help us, and then we're depending on ourselves, and we realize we're not as capable as we thought we were, and we have Yish. That Yish, according to this last terrorist, is supposed to lead us to the Hakara that it's only a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and everybody else's opinion and everybody else's perceived alliance uh, doesn't really help and doesn't really make a difference. Doesn't mean you should ignore the Belen Lechavera. Half the mitzvahs are tully in the bridges we build and the alliances, so, so to speak, that we make. But that's in our chesed outward, not what we're depending on in terms of what we should have gotten and what we didn't get and the tinies we have on people. The fact is that you might think it's, uh, it's a disconcerting focus to start the tshuva season with Yish. I find this concept very uh, exhilarating and very uh, comforting because when you start Leos Lichus and you go through, hopefully will be a very, very invigorating and uplifting process of tshuva. It's not a sad time. We finish with the three weeks. We finish with Tisha This is supposed to be male simcha. Difficult. It's a shayar veda. But it's supposed to lead to the tremendous simcha, the highlight of Yom Kippur and, and Eilu. How do you have simcha for constantly walking around worried about our COVID and worried about what everybody else is doing and all everybody's baveling and it's not fair and life doesn't look very fair? Not just the Lachavero. We have uh, on bad days, Tainas, why does Akash Baruch not give us what we're asking for? So I think this Yesaid is that when we finally figure out that. It's not up to what we think we deserve and it's not up to what we think we're doing and it's not up to what we think other people owe us. It's plain bitachan and amuna that Akash Baruch Hu is giving us what we need, when we need it, and if we don't have it, we're not supposed to have it. We spoke out uh, a number of weeks back, Sha'asali Kaltzarki, which I hold is one of the most amazing and invigorating brachas in the morning. We say Shachar. The coffee gets us going to say the brachas. The Berchus uh, Shachar is supposed to get us excited about our Vedas Hashem. We mentioned this morning that Hayyim is repeated in Kisava with the coming of the Klolis and with a mitzvah, which we assume is as simple as Bikurim, but it's all Hayyim. No mitzvah is simple. It's, the question is how to get excited about this Hachas, which is why we have Yom Aram, which is a gift one time a year to take all the mitzvahs that we either are stepping on Chas HaShalom or taking for granted and trying to refocus. Part of the al is that we did a mitzvah, but we did it half-baked and we didn't have kavana and we did a shalom l'shma and we weren't excited about it. We didn't do it with enough excitement. Baruch Hashem, with an oil like this, much of our tshuva process is we did the mitzvahs. We just didn't do it as well as we could have. We... Have certain Averas, but they were Cheshpen Averas, hopefully, not blatant Averas. Have to do truth and figure out where we went wrong. 
But if we think it's coming to us and we're so busy mired in the tainas that we have, why aren't we getting more of what we want and why isn't Hashem answering our tefillahs according to what we're asking for, then we haven't got to the point where we realize that everything we have, Akar Satayv, is to teach us that it's not coming to us. And every step of the way, we have to have Akar Satayv. And also Likol Tarki and every one of the Bech Zashachar is to teach you we have everything we need for now, but you have to thank Hashem in small, bite-sized pieces. I was able to get dressed. I was able to walk. The room is not spinning. Somebody asked me recently, what is Rav Garis Lamayim? What does it mean? What do we thank Hashem for? So, okay. The earth is floating on the water. The water is not coming in a tsunami and overtaking us. Pashashat is, it's floating and we're not spinning and uh, everything is holding. We don't think of that, but we should, because we say it every morning. We break it down to everything, including shoes. And the fact that for the ability to get out of bed and get going, we have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because it's not us. It's not our great schusim. It's not our exercise program that is getting us going. All that helps. It's Baker what HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides should be given to us on this particular day. And to have the ability and the head and the strength to start saying slichas and start doing tshuva. And want to do it is a gift. I thank HaKadosh Baruch for the fact that we're sitting here awake. And we're hopefully looking forward to the fact that we have the opportunity to do this. I think the final machshava along the same lines is the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. And Daftat Zayin. Which is this Yisoyed. What do the words mean? Any year that you start in poverty is going to end up with wealth. What does that mean? The answer is, Hakar means that we take nothing for granted and we think we worked hard and we farmed and we planted fertilizer and we have the delicious fruits. Can we take any credit? The answer is no. Take the first fruits, everything you're looking forward to, bring it to the base of Mekdush, and tell, declare in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that this is his land, he brought us here, and we have to thank him. And then we can enjoy the rest of the fruits. If you come, and you come into Rosh Hashanah, and you come to Yom Kippur, and you think you have a contract, then it's just a question of renewing, but it's coming to us. Magia. The year that starts with poverty, meaning assuming we have nothing, and we have to ask for it again, and we have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for every single thing we get. If you do that, and you come into Yom Naram like that, it's going to be a wealthy year. If you start assuming it belongs to you, and it's coming to you, and yet you have tainas, why don't you have more of the same, and why don't people respect you, and why is not HaKadosh Baruch Hu answering every single nuance of your tefillah, because you thought uh, it's coming to you, that's not walking into Yom Naraim with humility. It's walking in with expectations. And that's not what Chazal want. Chazal allow us. This is a chiddish. You're allowed to go to Rosh Hashanah. You're allowed to take a shower, put on clean clothing, and take a haircut. To show that you have bitachan, that Kosh Baruch wants to do nisim for his children. That's the only allowance Chazal gives us. Everything else is this Gemara. You have to assume that it's not coming, that you don't have it, and you've got to renew, and you don't have to renew just for Hashem Kippur. You've got to renew every day. But the contract is re-signed during Yom Naran. And again, that's not a message of despair. That should give us tremendous simcha, that we have the ability, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to hear from us, Kaviyochel, 
And he wants us to ask and he wants to give it to us. He just wants us to understand before we get it, when we get it, and as we keep getting it, that Maidim is a key part of davening. Many Pesachim hold it's Ma'akev. And it's to give us the Akara, not just to learn how to say thank you, but that every single move we make and every machshava we have is dictated by a Baruch Hu giving us the strength to do it. And we have to come Yom Naraim and ask for those Kerechas again. And that starts with tonight. And uh, we should do it with Islavis, with Simcha, with the feeling special that Kosh Baruch Hu wants to give it to us, but also with the Anivas to know that it's not coming naturally. Okay.